Adversity is here. The Grizzlies are in the midst of one of their worst stretches of the season so far, coming off a 125-108 home loss to the Phoenix Suns. What do they do now? What are the problems? Guess what? We have all that covered right here, right now, on Locked on Grizzlies. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host today, Michael Cole, beat writer at the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. want to thank you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies today. Make sure you continue to, to tune in each and any way you like to listen to the show. We truly appreciate it. That's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you listen, wherever you want to watch Locked on Grizzlies. We appreciate it. So we thank you for tuning in. I'm running solo today. Oh, I'm a man. Joe Mullinax is out. But uh, a lot of Suns players were out yesterday. And a lot of Warriors players were out a couple days ago on Christmas. The Grizzlies lost both games. And, you know, there's the 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 whole, you know, some people are going to overreact. Some people are going to stay even keel. And it's my job, you know, being in the in the Grizzlies locker room, talking to uh, the head coach Taylor Jenkins and asking them questions to kind of get a feel for the fervor around the team. Because at the end of the day, I think the tendency of fans is to overreact from time to time. We get it. I get it. I know a lot of people have told me the Christmas game was embarrassing. You know, it's the first one in Grizzlies history. Couldn't wait, and they got embarrassed without Stephen Curry and Andrew Wiggins playing and the Grizzlies having their full starting lineup. And then you go against the Suns, right? Team, I think it was four days ago, the Grizzlies beat 125 to 100 by 25 points at Footprint Center on the Suns' own home floor. Then you come into this game, no Devin Booker, no Landry Shamit, his backup, by the way, uh, no Cameron Johnson, one of the top three-point shooters in the NBA, and also another big part of that Sun starting lineup. No campaign, a Memphis native, backup point guard. The Suns were down some bodies. In fact, they started in this game, Jock Landale to go along with Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden, uh, Torrey Craig, who's been starting in place of Cam Johnson for a while now. But there was no reason, you know, just looking at it from a talent perspective, the Grizzlies had no business losing this game. But the Grizzlies have some problems right now. And the main problem that I want to talk to you about is we talked about this thing about the trash talk, right? Spent a lot of time talking about it, but that's one of the things we're going to focus on. We'll get into, you know, all the players and individual improvements that need to happen as well. But I want to start here because Dylan Brooks, I thought, had some very interesting and revealing things uh, to say after the game. And I'll preface it with this. You know, like I know, the Grizzlies like to talk. I have no problem with that. Uh, it, you know, I like to to try to, you know, be a perspective thinker when I think about those things. And the only the best perspective that I can offer is when I play sports, I talk a lot of trash, even, you know, outside playing with the family. I don't like to lose. And I know a lot of people who like to talk trash. I have friends 
who have played at the Division One basketball level, played you know at the D two basketball level, and etc. They like to talk trash. Talking trash is a part of the game. As Mikael Bridges told me yesterday after the game in the Suns locker room, we all like to talk trash. The Grizzlies, you know, they've kind of gotten known for it because you know John Morant, he's the face of the team. And as Jaron Jackson Jr. told me that, hey, uh, as Jaron Jackson Jr. told me yesterday, excuse me, everything Josh says comes, you know, it's, it's going to get uh, a little bit more attention because he's John Morant and things like that. But talking to Dylan Brooks in the locker room, and we were talking about how the Grizzlies are responding because let's be frank here, teams know. I was in the Suns locker room and a couple guys were telling me, yeah, it's we we we've heard. We know that the Sun, that the Grizzlies like to talk trash. Of course the Warriors know. They, they get asked about it time and time again. So teams around the league know. So I asked Dylan Brooks said, how how are you responding to this? You know, how how do the Grizzlies respond to the trash talk that teams are dishing out? And paraphrasing here, Dylan Brooks basically told me that. He feels like this season, because remember the Suns, I mean, the Grizzlies did their fair share of talking last season as well. He feels like this season, when the Grizzlies trash talk teams and teams respond, he feels like Memphis is freezing up. I thought those were very reflective comments. I thought those were revealing comments. Uh, freezing up is the, the key phrase uh, there, because remember, right, the Grizzlies – they're running up the chimney. They're not dodging any smoke. That's still, I think, the motto around there in the locker room. As Jaron Jackson Jr. said after the game, look, what Josh said, they're basically going to stand on that. He doesn't – I don't see a problem with why we should be a confident team is, is what, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. said. You want your players to be confident, right? You want to see the confidence. Do I think the Grizzlies are freezing up? I mean, I'm not in the I'm not in the locker room as much as Dylan Brooks. So for Dylan Brooks, who uh, everyone in that team talking to, they say they call Dylan Brooks the heart and soul, you know, the emotional leader, things like that. So this isn't just some guy saying this. This is the guy who probably has the most credentials to say something like this in that locker room. And if the Grizzlies are freezing up, how, how do they respond? Well, it's simple. I think there needs to be more of a focus on basketball. I get it. This is your identity. Don't change it. Don't get me wrong. You do not change this. But you can make an argument and say, hey, the Grizzlies were a little bit amped up, too amped up for that Christmas Day game. You can make an argument and say, hey, the Grizzlies beat, you know, the Suns by 25 points four days ago, and that was, you know, right before – I mean, right after the fine in the West comments from Morant came out, and you could make an argument say, oh, play the Suns a couple days later. They probably legitimately thought they were fine in that game. And the Suns come out, and, you know, you have a guy like Dwayne Washington come off the bench who doesn't get, you know, regular minutes with this team, leads the Suns of 26 points off the bench and is plus 13 and and was a problem. They the, the Grizzlies put Dylan Brooks on him, and they still had no answer. But the problems go beyond that. That is the mental side of it, right? Uh, I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was a revealing comment, you know, from Dylan Brooks basically saying this season so far from what he's seen, when the Grizzlies talk and other teams respond, he feels like they're freezing up. Uh, in the past, we saw last season, you know, Ja would call out 
you know, certain critics. And it wasn't always, you know, opposing players, but but he would he would always mention. I remember several times last season, you know, we we'd ask John, hey, what what got you going in this game? And he 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 never directly says, hey, X on X team on Y team, you know, said this about me. He'll say something like, hey, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really say what happened, but you know, he'll imply that the other team got him going. Things like that. That's what Dylan Brooks, I think, is looking more for, not just from Ja, but just from the team. Uh, ja, I, I think, you know, overall 34 points in this game, six assists, 15 of 16 from the free throw line. So I think overall he had a solid, pretty solid night. Did shoot eight of 22, but we're going to get more into, you know, why that happened as well. But at the bottom line, at the end of the day, the Grizzlies aren't responding to the trash talk that the way we've seen them respond last season, the 56-win team uh, from a year ago. Right now, uh, they're 20-13. and 13. So record-wise, they're fine. Third in the Western Conference, only a couple games behind the Nuggets. There's plenty more time. I mean, we don't have to get into the whole standings thing right now. The Grizzlies are fine from that perspective. But there's an overarching scheme here. There's an overarching theme here where uh, if the Grizzlies are freezing up, they, they need to unthaw really fast. Because the schedule isn't getting any easier. I talked about it. The Grizzlies got pretty much the easier, easier part of their schedule, you know, earlier uh, this year. But in January, you know, you, you're going to play, you know, an improved Pacers team. You're going to play, you know, you got another Western Conference road trip coming up in January. Well, I think they'll go to the Lakers. They'll go to the Kings. Uh, they'll go out there and play the Warriors. And they'll play the Suns. And they'll play the Timberwolves. I think it's a five-game road trip. So, it's not getting any easier. And teams aren't going to stop talking. They, they they like to see the Grizzlies down. They're going to keep talking. So now it's about how the Grizzlies respond. Well, I'm going to tell you how you should respond uh, to basketball and, and, and watching basketball. And a great way to respond to watching basketball is getting the prize picks app. Because let me tell you, when it comes to wagering, when it comes to, hey, did you see the night that Luka Doncic had in this past game? 60 points, 21 rebounds, uh, 10 assists. I haven't seen a night like that, but that would have been a perfect night for you to get involved with prize picks. And remember, prize picks gives you a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And the thing about prize picks is, look, hey, you can go to a game and say, look, Luka Doncic had 60 points. 10 rebounds, I mean, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. And you say, look, I want to, you know, wager on on Luka having another big night like that, or I want to wager on another player, you know, having, you know, six rebounds, or I want to wager on Steven Adams getting me eight, eight assists, six assists, six boards, however you want to do it. Prize Picks is the premier option for you because the thing about Prize Picks is Prize Picks gives you the option of choosing up to 10 different up to six players, I'm sorry. You can pick between two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. thing about prize picks is you're not competing against other people. It's just you and the projections. Go check out the projections on prizepicks.com, and it doesn't have to just be basketball. You can go to the NFL, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, men's and women, that's soccer, WBA, esports, wherever. Interest can be made in 60 seconds or less, and it's easy and fast and safe 
withdrawals. Uh, Prize Pick is currently operational in more than 30 states and Canada. All you have to do is download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up to play to play your daily fantasy sports. Remember, when you sign up, if you've already signed up, this is a clue to you. You already know the business with Prize Picks, but if you haven't signed up yet, First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-ON. So that means if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you an additional $100 to match the $100 that you deposit. All you have to do right now is go to prizepick.com or go to the Prize Picks app and use the promo code LOCKEDON. Well... We'll talk about, you know, how the Grizzlies responded to trash talk, right? Uh, it, it, it was not the the response, I think, that that you expected because we've seen, you know, the Grizzlies over the course of this season, over the course of last season, respond much better. But the problems right now are deeper than that. The problems that the, the Grizzlies are having are deeper. And, and, and there's one thing that stood out to me over the last two games that I'm going to start out uh, by by you know saying here, and then we're gonna get into some some more uh, descriptive player uh, breakdowns here. And the thing is, John Morant offensively, John Morant needs some help right now. I've been really high on this team, so I feel like I can say this. But I've been really high on this team all season long. I I've been saying, look, when this team gets its full arsenal back, they're gonna be a force. And guess what? Guess what? I still think. At the end of the day, right now, I still think the Grizzlies are – they have as good of a chance as anyone to come out of the Western Conference. But they're in a bit of a spell right right now. And, and, and part of that spell is because John Morant needs some help. Two consecutive games now. And I, I don't think – you know, we don't see this happen much. But it's been two consecutive games where the John Morant has scored more than 30 points and only one additional teammate – has gotten in double figures. One teammate in double figures. In this game, Desmond Bain finished with 14 points, but with that 14 points came 4 of 12 shooting, 0 of 4 on three-pointers. So still, this is a guy, Desmond Bain, who was averaging uh, close to 25 points, five rebounds, and five assists before, you know, suffering his sprained right big toe. So we can start with Desmond Bain. Got some time after the game to talk to Desmond Bain. And, you know, I'll tell you pretty much, actually, in the last two games, I've talked to Desmond Bain a lot after the game. And here are some of the things, you know, that have stood out to me just from, you know, our conversations. And one, I want to say Desmond Bain is still still working his way back. I don't know if you remember, but at the beginning of the season, Desmond Bain was struggling. I think he's a rhythm player. I think he's a guy who it takes time. And, and he said, look, Yesterday we were in the locker room talking. He basically said, it's going to take some time for me. You know, he, he's not all the way back from a conditioning perspective. And, and you know, Desmond Bain runs more than any person on the Grizzlies team on, on the offensive end. He's the guy getting a lot of those back cuts. He runs off, off a lot of pin down screens. You know, he's, he's running all the time. He's full motion. He's the guy, I think, that runs the most on that offense. So that being said, this win, he said, is still still coming back to him. This is something he, he kind of expected in a way. And like I said, the biggest indicator 
that Desmond Bain will be fine. It's not just that. Go back to the beginning of the season. Opening night, right, against the New York Knicks. Desmond Bain, 16 points on 6 of 22 shooting. 3 of 13 shooting from three-point range. Okay. You say go to the second game of the season. What? How did he do against the Houston Rockets? Uh, 14 points, 7 assists on 3 of 16 shooting. 3 of 10 from three-point range. All right. Surely he's going to find it, right? What about the third game of the season? Four of 11 shooting against the Dallas Mavericks, two of five on three-pointers, 14 points. It wasn't until the fourth game of the season. Desmond Bain broke out 38 points, seven assists, 14 of 21 shooting, eight of 11 from three-point range against the Brooklyn Nets. Anyone know how that was a breakout game? Because he followed that game up against the Sacramento Kings with 31 points on six of eight shooting you know, from three-point range as well. Then he followed that game up against the Utah Jazz with 32 points on 11 of 23 shoot. Bottom line is it's too early to worry about this, man. This spraying toe I've, I've talked about, you know, this is a different injury. Do do I think he's 100% healthy? I don't want to speculate, but if I was guessing, I, I do not think he's completely 100%. I think he's fine. You know, he, he looks good when he's moving. But I think this is something that's going to take some time. This is going to take some time. We're seeing kind of this develop. We're, we're seeing, you know, how he is adjusting. Remember, I told, I said early on in the process, uh, he's wearing different shoes now. Uh, you, you look on his feet. You know, there are no more uh, Kyrie's. There are no more PG's, at, at least at this time. And he was telling me that, you know, as part of, you know, his his recovery and, and you know, his adjustment that he has to make is he has to wear different shoes now. So, Desmond Bain is adjusting, I think, and I think he'll be fine. So Jaron Jackson Jr., right, spent a lot of time just, I mean, glowing about how exceptional this guy has been this season uh, because, quite frankly, to be honest with you, I was surprised by the urgency that he showed on offense in terms of, you know, finishing inside, uh, the paint presence and things like that. But Jaron Jackson Jr. has struggled the past two games. He's struggled. The Warriors game, you can almost throw that one out of the window because he dealt with so much, you know, so much of the foul trouble and things like that. But even in the minutes that that he played, which were 21 minutes, uh, he did have 11 points, but five of seven shooting and, you know, five fouls turnover in that game. But if you go to this game against the Suns, remember the Suns put Jock Lundell, basically another big man in the starting lineup to go alongside DeAndre Aiden. And Jaron Jackson Jr. finished with six points, seven rebounds on two of 12 shooting. Why did that stand out to me? Because if you go back to that win against the Suns, when Phoenix played the smaller lineup, Jaron Jackson Jr. looked like a bully. He looked like a bully. 24 points, 10 rebounds on nine of 17 shooting in the win against the Suns. And I just said his numbers, you know, in the loss. So here's the observation that I've pretty much come to at this point of the season, at this point of the development process for Jaron Jackson Jr. Against smaller teams, he's doing what most of you have asked for. He's doing what we wanted to see. He's being a bully. He's being aggressive, assertive in those matchups. But now I feel like we know what the next step of progression is going to be for Jaron Jackson Jr. Just like he's dominating those smaller guys, he's got to do the same thing against bigger opponents. That's what separates 
you know, the Joel Embiid's and, uh, you know, from the, I guess, DeAndre Aiden's of the world and things like that. Most of the talented big men are going to take advantage of mismatches. They're going to they're gonna feast on those. The really talented big men are. The elite, the Nikolai Jokic's of the world, the, the Joel Embiid's, the prime DeMarcus Cousins types guys, you put a smaller person on them or a bigger person, it's going to be a long night. Jaron Jackson Jr., I think we're still waiting on him to become dominant against bigger players. Go back to last season, and, and there's a lot of evidence to this. You know, you go back to the playoffs, right? Remember, Jaron Jackson Jr. in game five was dominant. I remember Draymond Green saying something after one of those games, look, we have no answer for him right now. But you know what changed? The Warriors were playing a small ball lineup, which had Draymond Green was guarding Steven Adams or Xavier Tillman, you know, at center. The Warriors went with a bigger lineup, a lot of Suns. They put Kevon Looney at center, Draymond Green at power forward in that playoff season, game six, and Draymond Green guarded Jaron Jackson Jr. That was all she wrote. Jaron Jackson Jr. struggled in game six, not just because Draymond Green is a great defender, but because he has more size, more physicality, and that's the adjustment. How does Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, dominate the bigger matchup. He has to use his foot speed. He has to use his skill, right? We talk about the unicorn stuff, how he can dribble up, he can dribble, you know, um, you know, between the legs, and he can do all these things that guards do. You're gonna have to see that against these bigger, uh, slower big men to kind of allow him to separate himself. Because right now, I think that's what we're seeing. When teams go bigger, Jaron Jackson Jr. is more liable to struggle in, you know, those type of matchups. So we talked about Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. Uh, John Morant just needs some help. He needs some help. And one way John Morant can get some help is better shooting. We're going to talk about that, how what's leading to the shooting struggles in Memphis coming up. But before we get to that, I want to thank you for tuning in to Lock on Grizzlies, making it your first listen today. Make sure you check out the Locked on Sports today podcast as well because it's the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less it doesn't take long and you get instant reactions game recaps and locked on's take of the day locked on sports today it's available on youtube and wherever you get your podcast remember bet online is your number one source for betting as well let me tell you something about bet online thing about bet online is you can go over there to get the latest odds you get the latest news. You get the latest scores. Shoot, if you love podcasts, you can even find those on Bet Online as well, sports podcasts, that is. And it's not just the latest odds and news in the NBA. Remember, you can get NFL, the college football bowl season is here, right? Uh, all of that is covered on betonline.net. Remember, Bet Online is where the game starts. So all you have to do is head over to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more about what's going on here. Uh, the Grizzlies on Bet Online, the last two games, the Grizzlies were favorites in both contests on Bet Online. But you don't have to, you know, some people don't like to use Bet Online for their own, for their favorite teams. You don't have to use it for that. You can use it for any other sports. You can use it for combat sports. You can use it for, you know, NFL coverage as well. Anywhere, anything you want to use it for. Remember, one thing, and that's one thing, is Bet Online is where. The game starts. The Memphis Grizzlies right now, you know, are trying to figure out 
where, where where their offense starts. They're trying to figure out where their defense starts. They're trying to figure out a lot. And here's the thing. Here's what I'm noticing. The shooting difference between the Grizzlies and opponents is is notable. And let's 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 tell the full picture of the story here. The Grizzlies are the most dominant paint scoring team in the NBA over the past four years. Ever since John Morant has entered the league, the Grizzlies have led the NBA in paint scoring. It's remarkable. It's almost historic the way this team scores in the paint. You know, they led the NBA Josh rookie year, Josh second year, Josh third year, and they've been just as dominant this season. But I was watching this game, right? And the Grizzlies had 48 points in the paint, which is a little bit. I think they averaged around 58 points in the paint per game. And so 48 on 24 of 55 shooting in the paint. That's below 50%. Teams are converging, especially the Suns in this game. We want to talk specifically about this game. The Suns, I mean, it was it, it, it looked like they were having a meeting in the paint. Uh, everyone was down there. And it was basically like, hey, look, if the Grizzlies beat us behind the yard, they just beat us. And we're seeing more teams do that. And on the other end, the Grizzlies are giving up three-pointers. So I just, you know, I did the math. I will just put this in perspective, just the difference here. The Grizzlies lost this game 125 to 108. That's 17 points. Keep that number in your mind, 17. The Suns, from three-point range, 17 of 31. It's close to 55%, but... 17 made three-pointers from the Suns. Eight made three-pointers from the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies shot eight of 30 from beyond the arc. That's a nine. That's a nine three-pointer difference. You know what nine times three is? Nine times three is 27. The Basically, in this game against the Suns, the Grizzlies gave up a 27-point difference from beyond the arc. And in the paint, they only made up two points, 48 to 46 and points in the paint. That's that's where the Grizzlies, you know, do their damage. And what about fast break scoring? That's another area the Grizzlies are strong. 16 fast break points, Suns 12. Basically, uh, the Grizzlies have to shoot the ball better. And we've talked about this before. This isn't anything new. This is something we talked a lot about last season, something we talked about at the beginning of the season, something we talked about in the preseason. A big key to the success in Memphis will be how this team shoots the basketball. Because guess what? Everyone, I mean, just like I'm telling you, the Grizzlies are the most dominant paint scoring team in the NBA over the past four seasons. You think other teams haven't caught on to that? They know. And you can see how they guard John Morant. Again, so I was talking about John Morant's big night, right? 34 points. uh, But it was hard. That was a hard 34, and then you know that's why there were signs of frustration throughout that game from John Morant. Slammed the ball down a couple times, just facial expression things because it was tough. Uh, and you all you have to do, John Morant, John Morant will tell you that he's gonna take what the defense gives him, and guess what? He usually does on most nights. And the stat sheet kind of tells you often how teams guard John Morant. He took 22 shots in this game, 10 three-pointers. I don't think, you know, it is 10 three-point attempts is what John Morant usually wants to do going into a game. He he is so effective in the paint. He knows how dominant he is in the paint. 
But when the Suns are playing a double big lineup, then you have an extra long wing, you know, like uh, Mikael Bridges with those long guards. I think he has like a seven-foot wingspan. Then you got Torrey Craig, who's a big physical guy, you know, as well. Uh, all those things considered, when you factor in all of that, uh, it's tough selling in the paint. And that's why John Morant, 3 of 10 on three-pointers, and most of his scoring came from the free throw line, 15 of 16 from the free throw line. So if you take away the, the 15 free throws that he made, uh, Ja had 19 points, you know, from the field overall. So teams are basically saying, look, the Grizzlies got to make us believers from beyond the arc. And no one did that in this game. Dylan Brooks made one three-pointer, and it was the only one he took. Jaron Jackson Jr., 0-4 from three-point range. Desmond Bain, 0-4 on three-pointers. Santi Aldamo made his only three-pointer. Zaya Williams was one of three. I think John Conchar, whose role has kind of decreased lately, made one three-pointer as well. But the point here is that no one else on the Grizzlies outside of John Morant made multiple three-pointers. Go over to the Sun side, five guys made multiple three-pointers, including Dwayne Washington making five, Chris Paul making four. So you you can't – I don't care how good you are scoring in the paint. Allowing a team to make nine more three-pointers than you is, is, is tough. And this isn't a one-game sample size here. I think now it's four consecutive games where the Grizzlies have made less than ten three-pointers. Grizzlies' record in those four games, one and three. One and three in the last four games, in those games, they didn't make 10 three-pointers. So I think that's a that's something where we need to see the Grizzlies improve. And ideally, as Desmond Bain gets going, it's going to open up things. We've, we've seen it too many times not to know that's exactly what can and what probably will happen. Desmond Bain will eventually find his rhythm. He'll get going. It'll open up more scoring opportunities for other players. It'll open up the paint more. But if Desmond Bain isn't making three-pointers, and no one else is making three-pointers, teams are going to say, you know what? John Morant is, is one of the biggest problems in the NBA in the paint. Let's converge in, let's stop that, and let's focus on that. And I think that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing right now. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the Grizzlies just continue to adjust. I think, you know, there was a lot of frustration, you know, after the game. And now, you know, we'll, we'll see. How, how the Grizzlies, you know, adjust and kind of, you know, respond to this stretch. Four out of five losses. Uh, I, I think the mood in the locker room isn't anything. They're not overreacting uh, and anything like that. So all things considered, they'll they'll be fine. And they have an interesting stretch coming up. Road game against the Raptors before coming back home against the Pelicans, which a lot of people, you know, think is is turning into one of the more fun matchups to watch as well. But thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen now. Make sure you make the Locked On Sports today your second list. Peter Pagassi brings you the biggest stories from sports around the world in 20 minutes. So, look, all you have to do is get the analysis and the opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and inside. Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. But we appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you continue to like, comment, subscribe, and all of those good things to, you know, our coverage at Locked On Grizzlies and as well to my coverage on the commercialappeal.com. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. 
I'll be back tomorrow as well with another episode on the Grizzlies, and we'll have a lot of things to talk about, specifically previewing this upcoming matchup against the Toronto Raptors. Thank you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. Once again, I'm your host, DeMichael Cole, and we'll see you next time on Locked on Grizzlies.